everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vinny Civitella. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. Uh, we release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for those. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Awesome. So just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get started. This podcast is available anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's Alexa, really anywhere. We also put them on YouTube in case you're not into that whole podcast thing. But if you are into that whole podcast thing and you find your way onto iTunes, we would totally love a five-star review. Helps us get discovered by more awesome listeners just like you. So with all that out of the way, today from the New Jersey Elder Law Center is Clelia Pergola. Say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hi, everyone. I'm so We're glad so, to be here today. We are so We're happy so to have you here today. Yeah. I beat yeah. you to it. <laughs> you did. Beat me to it. <laughs> enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Exactly. Okay, so today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And I usually say that this doesn't have to be TV. It can be any fiction of any kind, books, movies, although Tom Phillips did introduce um, food the last time he was on. So if you're binging um, cake right now or cake batter right now because it's COVID times and things are stressful, no judgment. <laughs> so I was afraid that you were going to judge me on mine, but now that you said that about food, I'm, I feel better. Uh, I'm binging Bold and the Beautiful. Oh my God. Yes. It's a that I didn't even know that was so still on. Popular. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say it's like 70, some, something seasons, 73 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother used to watch it and, you know, you, you tend to take on what your parents took on and I decided to take on Bold and the Beautiful. Wow. Luckily, that was like, you can catch it very quickly because uh, they're doing the same thing for like four weeks. <laughs> Is this something that you're like, is this a recent thing that you've gotten into or have you always been into Bold and the Beautiful? So I was into Bold and the Beautiful when uh, towards the end of her life when she had uh, Alzheimer's. So I thought I like could connect with her the more by watching Bold and the Beautiful. No, no, my grandmother. Oh, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know when in the timeline that was. Yeah. Although that might come into play. I'm not really sure. You never um, know. I mean, with these... Soap operas, yeah. So okay, so go ahead. Sorry. So no, no. So then I, I had to catch up, and uh, so I started uh, binge watching the, the the other seasons. That's Are you amazing. home during COVID? Like, do you go into the office at all? Because I know they play these things during the day. I was going to ask you if it's kind of distracting. <laughs> I know. It's like, how much detail do I really want to admit about this? No, no. I uh, I I go to the office. Uh, at my my business partner's home, so no, I don't watch it during the day. I I, I do it at nighttime. Fair enough. <laughs> that was my go-to in high school. Bold and the Beautiful and uh, Young and the Restless were my my go-tos when I was in high school. And I don't remember at what point I stopped watching because you would think that in college it would be easier to watch because I could like, if I wanted to, schedule my classes around when it airs. It, w it was much harder to catch up on it in high school. I don't remember how I did that exactly. But but yeah, it fell off my radar at some point. Uh, but I always think back fondly to all those characters. 
Yeah, I would never judge. I'm I'm into comic books and everything, and that's basically a soap opera. So uh. yeah, that's true. That's totally true. Do you, do you collect them? For the most part, I mean, not as much as I used to. You know, like I think I have pretty much everything I want and now. I just kind of read every so often, but yeah. Can you can you get comic books at the library or on your Kindle? Like, do you have to collect like, but you? Oh, okay. Yeah, in fact, that's why I don't really collect as much as I used to because, especially ever since I got the kid, there is enough stuff coming into this house. Um, if I want to be entertained these days, I try to do that digitally. <laughs> you know, I like how you flow of things coming into the house at a minimum. <laughs> I like how you say that, like you picked her up at Costco. Ever since I got the kid, ever since know? I got the kid, you know, like ever since she <laughs> strolled on through the door, like she owns the place. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, oh my God. So hey, what have you been binging? Um, Shameless. It came out on season ten. Came out on Netflix. I want to say back in like August or September, and I. There was just too much else going on elsewhere, you know, the boys and I don't even know what else. So, but I finally was like looking for something and I was scrolling through the, the my list on Netflix and I stumbled across it again and I was like, oh, I never caught up on that. So I'm on, I'm working my way. I think I'm on like season eight now of, of Shameless and it's not season eight, episode eight of season 10, sorry. And it's okay. I feel like they hit their stride around season five, six, and it's not, it's not great anymore, but it's still good enough that I'm like, I'm entertained. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now Years it's like ago. a project. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Now, I was going to say years ago, I watched Smallville and that show was amazing for seasons one, two, and three. And it went on for 10 years and it was like a nosedive after five and you just, kept watching it because you're like this has got to be the last year right like you know so like every at the end of every season they do this big change up or this big not cliffhanger but shuffle the cards and like by the end of episode two of the next season everything is just sort of back where it was supposed to be and I'm just like oh okay well nothing nothing has really changed there's been no growth there's been no learning there's been these characters are just not nice people. <laughs> it's kind of like Bold and the Beautiful. You can, you can catch right up. Yeah. Finn, what are you binging? So I don't know how it got here, but th there's like this giant tub of cookie dough that says right on the tub, like, you can eat this raw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing, first of all, that now we were allowed to eat it. Your whole life, the mantra has been like, Look, you want to roll the dice, by all means, go ahead. But, like, it's not good for you. Now they write it right on the thing. Like, look, it's okay. We're not going to judge you. <laughs> so I, I've been diving into that. But, um, no, I've, I've actually been binging. Um, I've been playing this game, Rise of the Tomb Raider. If you've ever heard of the Tomb Raider franchise, this is like a 14-hour a Indiana Jones movie. So it's been really cool. I, uh, it's, part of a, it's the second part of a trilogy. I played the first one, like, five years ago. And I kept saying, like, I'm going to finish this thing at some point and no time like COVID to do the things on your to-do list. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> it, there's, so there's like a finish line? Like, it's not like a Call of Duty thing? Where no, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's a defined story. Um, I, I can't play stuff like that. First, first of all, I'm terrible at them. Like I, I jump into the game and I am dead within like a quarter of a second. And then you've got, you've got like 12 year olds hovering over you, you know, like waiting for you to come back to life just so they can kill you again. I'm like, no. So this, it's just me. I'm not online playing with anybody else. I'm just playing through the story. And then 
I just finished it, so maybe tomorrow or I'll give it a week. I don't know. There was five years in between the last one. I'll jump into the third part. So yeah, that's nice. like the break. What's the movie? The breakup, where he's playing with a uh, online with a kid, and he's like telling the kid off. Oh yeah, <laughs> just no, that's real. <laughs> Kids are savages. Okay. <laughs> my, so, so my son plays. My I, I don't know if I'm going to be rated as a bad mom right now, but I'll, I'll be willing to put it out there. So he plays Fortnite. He's seven. Um, he can only play it for a certain amount of time. But anyway, um, I'm like, you're not in some strange world, right? Like you're not like I make sure he's not like talking to people. But it's uh, yeah, I I know. I know my son's one of those people. You kind of walk by the door, you hear like a, a string of obscenities and you're just like, <laughs> hmm. He's seven. I'm sure yeah. it's not like that. Mm. No, 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 no. He's I don't know, I've never he's... actually played Fortnite. I don't know whether or not you're able to talk to people. I assume you can, but I, I don't know. You can, but parental controls. So I ah. just got a hold of parental controls. I didn't even know like how detailed you could get. Like all of a sudden, so I, I figured out the parental controls or I think I figured it out. Although I turned some stuff on, let's put it that way. And then I gave him back the iPad and he's like, mommy, Fortnite disappeared. I'm like, really? I don't <laughs> know if that happened. Give <laughs> back to me. I'll have to look into that. And uh, so apparently, like, I can like make it disappear at certain parts of the day or if he goes like over hours. So. I told him it's Apple monitor monitoring him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal for them these days. Wow. All right. Well, Claudia, tell us what you do at New Jersey Elder Law Center. So I am the chief operating officer. So that basically means I helped start the firm with Eric Goldberg. He's the managing partner. And you know, my main mission is to help caregivers. I was a caregiver for six years for my for my grandparents and um, mainly my grandmother and she had Alzheimer's. And so I went through the whole gamut from, you know, her declining to uh, estate planning documents to Medicaid applications. And it's what we do. So I was lucky enough to design the firm and the processes after my experiences. So uh, we we were you know, people and uh, the team works with the families to, to help guide them through a challenging time in life. And, uh, and I'm really proud about that. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll work on business development and all those, the fun numbers that comes along with being, uh, you know, running a business. But uh, that's really where my, my heart and soul, my passion is. Very cool. It's so, it's so neat. Neat. It's a terrible word, but I find it to be so rare that you can parlay a job like that can make you a living out of something that you feel like truly inspired and passionate about. That's really special. What yeah. you don't? <laughs> People are watching. I feel completely. I happen to love this show. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Kate's going to get a call later. Yeah, right? No, Vinny's going to get a call later. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, you know, once, like, you know, Vinny, I'm sure you know, once you find that you're meant to do what you're doing and you find the right place, you, it's almost, 
your mission naturally, subconsciously to help others find that same passion. Like, you know, I'm always talking to, to whether it be younger people or even older people and they're just stuck in a rut. Like they're just going to work and they may be great at their job, but they just, it's not the same feeling, you know? And I think that when you're passionate about what you do, it just shows in your, in your work. Like, you know, you don't have to be the smartest, you don't have to be the best, but if you really care about what you're doing, it just shines through. True. That's true. And you got, you got your start kind of being as a caregiver with your grandparents. That must've been hard. Yeah, it was definitely, I, I, I birthed two children and I think that I would do that hands down um, before I ever imagined how difficult it would be to be a caregiver. It's just, um, I don't want to say it's a thankless job because you you feel good about what you're doing, but at the same time, it's it's the the what I could equate it to is like parenting, right? Like my kids love me, but at times they hate me, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Like I still have to, you know, wait till they're 18 and they're productive, and you know they get married to see if my work's paying off. So. Uh, and, and regardless about like the decisions that you're making, you're, you're looking at someone that took care of you and like you looked up to one way or another, they were an adult, they made decisions, they went to work, they took care of you. And now they're, they've become a totally different person. You know, you have to help them to the bathroom, you have to pay their bills and it's, and it's a devastating time. How have things can, been going? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that I can imagine that it's devastating for, for both parties. You know, if they're, if they're still um, cognizant and lucid, it must be devastating for them to have to need help too. You know, it's devastating for you, the caregiver, because, you know, it's such role reversal, and, but I'm, I'm guessing it's devastating for them for the same reason. Yeah. And Eric, so he, he's the managing partner. I mean, he is the one that comes up with all the plans and, and gives the families their, their options as their loved one ages and financially, legally. And, you know, what I saw was it was great that we are, proce you know, we're process driven, not like most law firms and we're proactive, but that's just like on the, you know, tangible side, let's say, but as far as you know advocating like he advocates obviously for his client which is a senior but for me like i needed an advocate you know and uh i wanted someone to talk to and just be able to tell them that i cursed out the person at the nursing home and it probably wasn't their fault and uh so you know that i think now that she's passed away and I've had a couple of years to kind of settle into the whole idea of what happens. You know, my mind has transitioned a little bit away from, you know, the office and process. Uh, now that I have an amazing team, they can take care of that more to, okay, let's get the message out there that, you know, the caregivers are the ones that are left behind with the memories and the decisions that we've made. So I want to be able to, to help them. So Claudia, um, how long has the firm been in existence? This is such an amazing 
gift that you offer the universe, you know, like I feel like I, I don't know of another law firm that does something so specific. How long has it been in existence? How, what kind of people do you help? Is it, is it only like individuals? Do you ever like have um, relationships with other firms or with other, you know, companies? Yeah, I, I just want to let you know I'm going to need that clip because that just totally warms my heart. Oh. <laughs> That's like testimonial. But um, so we've been in existence for, uh, we're going on, we're celebrating 10 years. And uh, we work with other law firms, you know, we're of counsel to other firms. And as far as, you know, you know, as far as other practice areas, and what we'll do is we'll also go in to, we have relationships with different companies, all types of different companies from marketing to accounting, uh, to geriatric care managers. And we'll go in and we'll do, you know, lunch and learns and, and we give, we offer co free consultations anyway. So I think it's just letting people know that it's free to have a conversation and find out what options you have. Um, so we'll offer that to, to any company and put a program together. And it's all specific to, to that company. That's great. How early is too early to start thinking about your own future as an older person? You know what I mean? Like if you're middle-aged and you don't, you know, what, how soon is too soon? Or even if you're a child that wants to, you know, be prepared on behalf of. Yeah, yeah. So I would say it all depends. The, if your loved one has some sort of like diagnosis, like dementia or Parkinson's or um, his, history of cancer in the family, it, it's never too early to plan. Uh, but typically if everybody's well in their 70s, I think is the, the best op, uh, age. I, we're living longer. so. Um, that's, I think, a good thing. Mm -hmm. And, but as far as, you know, estate planning is the foundation of elder law. So uh, getting your powers of attorney, your healthcare directives, your wills. I think as soon as you start a family, most definitely, because you just want to make sure that you have uh, guardians for, for, for your children. You just don't want, um, you know, infighting and and anything to go wrong, God forbid something happens to you. So, and right now during COVID, I mean, estate planning has really become prevalent in 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 households and in a conversation which nobody ever talked about estate planning unless it was really you were older and you were in retirement. So I think it's great that people are taking the time to take care of themselves and their, their documents and their needs. Yeah. I, I was just, you know, I don't have kids, but I was just thinking about how in the state of New Jersey, if you don't have a document, a legal document listing the guardians of your children, the state will just make the decision for you. Like, even if you've got a verbal, like an email, something in writing, but not official, it doesn't matter. The state will just be like, well, foster care, you know, <laughs> it's Whoa. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions and it's, it's sad. And, and, you know, it's, 
when it has to do with seniors too, I see a lot of people, I mean, I do it too. I'm, I'm Italian. So of course we do it. Like we're like, oh, I got a guy and you know, my <laughs> friends went through this and you know, they did that. And you know, you just like do the at home type of planning. Like, oh, I'll just put the house in my kid's name. Like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not really how you plan. Um, but, <laughs> and so, but you think you're doing the right thing. And so I think there's a lot of that going on, you know, with the access to Google and we're all like with social media, we're all connected more. You think you see somebody on social media that goes through an experience and then you message them and then you talk about it and then you think it applies to you. And I just think, you know what, just there's so much free advice out there. I mean, you guys know, right? How many professionals do you guys talk to on a daily basis? Everybody's willing to have a conversation for yep. free. And if they don't, you probably shouldn't work with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Okay. I think I, I think I'm all out of questions. I feel like you answered everything so well. Vinny, do you have anything? No, actually, you asked mine, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to play a game. And we're back, and it is now time to play uh, my favorite game, Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name three things, and we each have to decide if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. Ready? Ready. First, first up is standardized tests. I'm going to say awful because I did not do awful. well on mine and I ended up in remedial math in college because, and I'm really good at math. Remedial yeah, math. I, because I, I actually belonged in remedial math in college, so I was totally okay <laughs> being there. But um, I, I'm going to go awful because when I was in the eighth grade, we had to take a test to place into um, English and math in high school. And I had the flu, and there were some bad things going on in my life at the time. I was in a weird place. But the flu, you know, I, I had a headache. I was nauseous and everything. I kind of blew off the test because it wasn't like this is going to count towards your grade. And um, I wound up being both in, like, the honors program and the remedial one at the same time in ninth grade. All my teachers are trying to get me out of this because they're like, he doesn't belong in this lab thing, you know. But it was a state mandate couldn't do anything it's just like one day one stupid test can have this you know like for me a huge time waster for the rest of the year so awful yeah awful Chloe I'm, I'm definitely gonna say awful I I don't it's it's so awful that I I didn't even get into remedial math because I didn't even take a math class in college so I didn't finish college oh so my God. that's how awful it is yeah I'm glad that we're all on the same page, and I'm so glad that um, finally universities are starting to be like, yeah, we don't actually need the SATs. If you've got like a good GPA, you've got some good letters of recommendation, SATs, I mean, they shouldn't be as important as they have been up until now, so I'm glad. Do you know if they Maybe did them last year? Oh, I don't know. I just mean because of COVID, like was, was everybody, you know, because at that point everybody was remote. No, I think um, they didn't count. Uh, You're right. Because they would have taken yeah. them around like May, June. Right. They didn't count. So you still, but you still, my problem is, is you still have to pass the tests when you're in college. Right. Yeah. So like 
some of us just don't learn in, in that type of, or we learn, but we don't necessarily, I don't know. Not a test taker. Can't, like, that just happens. Yeah. Uh, see, I was assuming, I, I went straight to like the big ticket ones, like the SATs, the HSPAs, all that. I didn't even think about your day-to-day -day test being in standardized format. I had a professor in college who had a crappy Scantron, and you would, you would wind up getting like C's and D's on every test. So you would have to go into his office hours and go over the test with him, and he'd be like, well, see, the, the answer for this one was D. And you'd be like, oh, but I, but I put D. And he'd be like, oh, okay, then that's correct. And you'd go through the whole test, and by the time you were done, you had an A. But like, you know, <laughs> it's oh just awful. Yeah. At least you've tried. I just figured if you put C's down the line, I was like, I'd get at least a D. 25%, right? 25%, yeah. See, see what, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, so I, right. I'm taking, I'm taking a, two courses on, on study.com right now, okay? Yeah. And it's a business course and a marketing course. And I, so you, now you, and I don't really know how this works because it's, I'm going to transition the, the credits to a college for my BA, but they to make you take like a mini quiz to see where you place in the class, in this particular class. So I guess you get to like skip certain things. So I skipped a bunch. So I was like super happy about it. Well, then I got into the class and it was like, I still had like, nine chapters to go and they're not nine chapters like textbook chapters like back in the 90s yeah. they are like long like in that one chapter there's like 10 mini chapters and then after every mini chapter you have like a mini quiz and they just keep telling me that i fail and i'm like but i know all of this other stuff i can't be that Aww. stupid <laughs> so that's awful like i passed the test I, yeah <laughs> Oh my God. So one of these days, I think the awful or awesome has to be online learning, online education, virtual. Yeah, I don't even know what they call it, but it's like, it's what everybody's doing right now. And I feel like it's got varying degrees of success and failure, depending on what kind of a learner you are and whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert. And, you know, all of that stuff, that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. All right, well, on that happy note, <laughs> we're gonna move on. <laughs> Uh, the next one in Awful or Awesome is uh, movie releases in COVID. And by this, I mean, remember like back when we used to have movie releases with a red carpet and celebrities and in dresses and stuff. And, and now it's just straight to Netflix. <laughs> like such a letdown. But how else would they get the movie out, right? It's like $30. Yeah. Yes, and it's too expensive. Yeah, Mulan. My kids want Mulan. $30. Well, if you think about what you would have spent going to see Mulan in the theaters, you know, like f two kids plus you, you know, popcorn, drinks, I, I don't know, like it, that could but rack up pretty quickly too. Experience. Yeah. Like now I'm totally right, yeah. Okay, I bought my own popcorn. I'm yeah. probably going to fall asleep because I'm on my couch and <laughs> I paid $30. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what the right answer is, you know, because... Mo the the right answer, I guess, that the studios have been taking is just not putting out most movies. I mean, um, Ghostbusters got delayed, Top Gun got delayed, the Black Widow, Wonder Woman, everything. You know, it's it's all been delayed. James Bond. So yeah. 
how long is that sustainable though? Because you know how it's like well, really, they... really not. <laughs> right. Because I'm thinking each movie costs a certain amount to be made and they hope to make that back in the box office. Right. I mean, the studio still has to like make payroll and keep the lights on and stuff. How are they it's yeah. it's not even just making the money back on those individual films. Like the COVID kind of hit early spring or let's say like yeah. mid spring. Yeah. So yeah. we missed the summer blockbuster period. And those right. summer blockbusters are what kind of bankroll every movie that a studio oh, makes. Yeah. You know, like when you go to see something like Parasite, Bombshell, Judy, those movies are not made to make like Avengers Endgame money. Yeah. Avengers Endgame bankrolls the studio so that they can make things that are more artistic and then it goes the same way for the movie theaters themselves i mean like an avengers endgame is supposed to you know kind of be your black friday and get you through like you know the the you know slower months um as we filmed this yesterday the movie theater i've been going to for 20 years um amc hamilton 24 and trenton closed um permanently you know and um as, as of today when we filmed this Regal Cinemas announced that they're closing all their theaters in America because they were waiting on Bond. You know, they were they were kind of putting all their cards on that James Bond table. And as soon as MGM said, yeah, we, we can't put out Bond now, they were like, well, then we have no reason to stay open. So All of the Regals? So, all of them yeah. in America? Yeah. I think <sighs> at this point they were down to just New York and California anyway. But, yeah. God. And I, I'm getting the impression that that might not be permanent. It might be like hopefully just until until this whole covid thing <laughs> goes away well, it could be so they don't, don't know when rent. that's gonna be yeah yeah are they le- are they leasing their properties because that would make sense i i don't know yeah i don't know but it could be a good time for blockbuster to come back blockbuster video <laughs> yeah. remember like the new movies came out on like tuesday and you yep. know oh so much fun you could only take right. out three right oh. That was for your benefit, because God forbid you'd be like 10 hours late, you know, those three movies would rack up pretty quickly in late fees. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? This model probably could have sustained if they let me take out 10. Maybe. (laughs) Do you remember like needing to get there on a Friday night by like four o'clock? Because if you weren't there early on a Friday, all the good stuff would be gone and you'd be left with like some five-year-old, I don't even know what, you know. And then the new movies were always, like, as soon as you walked in on the left and there was, like, yeah. yellow around it or orange, something of that sort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was I this much nostalgia for Blockbuster. God, I know. And the row <laughs> of candy. The row of candy you had to walk past to get, oh, my God. I could never pass up the lemon heads. I would always get, like, the jumbo box of, like, lemon heads. Uh, I don't know how it's what makes me think you know like we lost blockbuster at some point and now we're losing our movie theaters this is this is going beyond losing businesses we're losing our culture and you know that's that's really upsetting to me on a deep level especially as a movie fan I want to mock you for assigning culture to blockbuster but Mm, I know how important I'm not gonna allow that (laughs) (laughs) okay fine it's so true though I mean, we have, what is it, uh, Red, Red Box? Red Box, yeah. But it's, it's just, fine. like, not the same. No. No. Well, you were just saying, like, it's, it's just not the same in general, what, paying $30 to see Mulan in your house. I mean, Red Box is obviously far less expensive than that. But even still, it's the same idea. So. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, I, I can't even really think of like great movies that have come out this year. If we hold the Oscars today, I think Onward wins. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so, oh my gosh, with two was boys. It no, no, I cried like a baby. I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. I'm just saying any other year, on Pixar is not walking away with this thing. Great. So, uh, Kate's Al- giving us a look because Kate spent like 10 minutes watching that movie, turned it off. She was done. <laughs> I got through 10 minutes of it and I was like, this is crap. I need to like yeah. go back, I guess. I'm being a Philistine. Yeah. I need to go back. <laughs> There's so many good things about it. I don't I, know. Maybe. I don't know. I, mm. what I about did Out- not care. Hmm? Do you like, did you guys watch Outpost? No. No, what's that? Ooh, it's a war movie. Um, it has some big names in it, and oh, I forgot who. I'm not good with actors. I'm not, but one of the main actors, like something happens that doesn't happen in like any movie ever. I, I can't even say it. I can't ruin. No, it. I, I get you. It's it's kind of the good place effect. We talked about this on our last couple episodes. Yeah. You know, you want to tell them, but if you do, you give away the whole thing, and then you know you just got to trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust. Totally. All right, I wrote All it right. down. I wrote it down. The last one is collections. And I don't mean this in like a business, um, like sending out invoices kind of way. I mean, like, do you collect any or collections in general, like uh, collecting, like I collect teacups. I think they're fun. They're antique. They're all mismatched. And I enjoy drinking champagne out of them. They're lovely. It's wonderful. So I've come to learn that the mix matching thing is better because if one of them breaks, you know, you don't have to worry about the whole set being, you know, totally. Totally. But the fact that you're drinking champagne out of tea, I mean, I think the teacups part Don't is judge. <laughs> champagne Listen, it's COVID times. It's COVID times, okay? I, I do what I need to do. <laughs> Four power two. Now I know what to get you. <laughs> All right, so collections. I'm awesome. What do you guys think? I think it's always nice to collect things, you know? Like, um, yeah. Like I said earlier, you know, I, I'm definitely in that digital um, place in my life now. So, like, my... My big movie collection has gone digital, and I'm I'm happier for it, you know. But yeah. Yeah, So I unfortunately collect shoes and purses. Oh, it's an expensive I mean, collection. I mean, you say unfortunately. Why is it unfortunate? Because um, space. It, it's it's no. I mean, it's it's expensive, and I have two children. I have my shopping under control, though. I, I don't need to, we don't need to discuss this further. It's just, okay. it's a problem my husband sees. I, uh, I, I used to be with you. I used to do shoes. In fact, I have a whole photo album on my Facebook called Shoebox. And the way that I could justify it was that I wouldn't spend more than 40 bucks on a pair of shoes. And so I was not buying, you know, red-bottomed anything. They were all very Amazon-y, you know, but, um, but they were really fun and I loved how they added a little personality to every outfit. And I don't know. I, 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 I feel that your shoe collection. I feel that. Yeah. Unfortunately, my uh, shoe collection is not really being utilized right now. So um, that was kind of like my staple where it was my shoes. I had all types of pretty colors and funky and, and I just can't wear them anymore. So, um, and I'm, I'm actually in denial because I'm one of those people who go into my closet and they're just perfectly lined up in like color and size and, and depending on season. And I just don't want to sell them. Uh-uh. No, I, I, don't. I, 
COVID will end someday. Don't ever sell them. Oh my gosh. Someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. I mean, that was meant to be optimistic, but yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about shoes? I'm going to give you the, the husband's perspective on this, let's say. Um, I have something like four or five pairs of shoes. It's like, you know, these are the black dress shoes. These are the sneakers. These are the sandals. These are the brown dress shoes. You know, like there, there's just like one in every category. And as one of them gets a little too, you know, like ratty, whatever, we replace that with one similar to it. Um, she, you know, the wife has many, 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 many shoes. You know, I, I don't know if I would call it a collection per se, but they're everywhere. And I don't mind that she has lots of shoes. It's totally fine. As long as there is a time and a place for all of them. Like you say, you have them in your closet, lined up, perfectly nice, whatever. I'm tripping over shoes everywhere. And, and what sets me off is when somebody is like, and when I say somebody, I mean her, because it's not like my kid is walking around like, <laughs> whatever. But when she says something like, hey, you have way too many shoes. You know, or like, hey, you know, like, and then I'm just like, me? <laughs> you know, so... Sure Always be cool about it, you know, and, and keep them kind of like in their own little area and be totally fine. Oh my gosh. So my husband takes off his shoes as soon as he gets walks in the door. So now my children have learned to take their shoes off as soon as they enter the door. And the problem is, is I'm the first one up very early in the morning at like 5, 530. And I have tripped and gone headfirst into my front door or walked in and like rushed in for something and tripped over their shoes. So I feel you. See, that's, that's, and, and you were worried you were the one messing everybody up, you know? <laughs> nope. I actually don't have a problem. I can't wait to tell him. Not even. <laughs> Not even. All right, next up, um, we like to do a segment on the show where we ask for, you know, advice that you would give to your younger self. So by all means, what do you got? Oof. How much time do we have? You have as much time as you want. This is a podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I think taking education more seriously. I think that I was a little bit in denial and said, you know, there are more important things going on or distractions or, you know, I'll be fine. And I think that I should have should have had a lot more respect for teachers and uh, whether it be in the classroom or you know paying attention not throwing things against the wall <laughs> you were one of those okay <laughs> I, 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 yeah yeah I, I was you were gonna defend it and you were like yeah you know what just better that I just come yeah. clean yeah <laughs> I, was, I was gonna do the high school thing where I blamed it on the football players but I what it would if it wasn't me, I was surrounded by the people that did it, which means ultimately it comes back to me being the problem. And now oh. I'm okay at admitting that. Yeah, I was gonna say for, for what it's worth, you know, chief operating officer of a company that you love and you're passionate about. I mean, can't ask for much better than that, right? That being said, stay in school, you know, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's true. What what would you guys say? Oh, oh nobody gosh. ever turns that around Nobody's on us. Ever I mean, asked us that before? As the moderators, we're allowed to pass. <laughs> oh come on! I don't think the viewers would like that so See, much. See, and I'm I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes, you know, podcast magic here. Not everything about this show is scripted. Very little of it is, but we do give our guests heads up on questions that might stump them. 
and what advice would you give to your younger self is absolutely one of them. <laughs> so we were not prepared to come up with an answer. But if Kate has one, she can give it, and then you can ask me for it next time. Um, yeah, but it's the thing that, that we've heard a lot, and that is to just chill out. It's all going to be fine. Uh, stop, stop being so worried about the little things, you know? And, it, God, that's such a cliche. Don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. In the moment, it does not feel like small stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we actually always... stopped asking the question for a while because that was the answer everyone gave. But... We found during COVID, people had radically different answers to those <laughs> questions, so we brought it back. <laughs> radically different, you know, yeah. I think I think COVID did exactly that, like made us realize that they are a lot of things are small stuff, and especially in the tri-state area, like we're so concerned about the shoes and the bags and like all those other things. Yep. And I think it's uh, given us a chance to like go out and and smell fresh air. Even though we've never, we do it every day, like to actually pay attention and go for a walk and work in the garden or, you know, work in the house. And yeah. so uh, I think people have realized like what's really important, but it's so true. It's like anything like your parents or grandparents told you and you're like, they don't know anything about life. And then all of a sudden, like you become and you're like, don't sweat the small stuff. And you're like, God, that makes sense. It's genius. <laughs> It's true. I mean, we had our Women Business Leaders Forum. Well, we have it every year, but the year that Bobby Brown was our keynote, um, the the thing that she said was, I wish that I could tell my younger self to just chill the hell out. Like, if it doesn't work out, maybe it wasn't supposed to work out. And if it does work out, then then be fine with it. You know, I, I and I wish that I could take the, that um, sentiment now because now in this moment on this day i am as we all are just stressed out stressed out about so many things and my brain just won't stop you know whirling i go to sleep at night and i'm like okay did i remember to do this Did i remember blah, blah, you know and it just i wish that i could like dial it down <laughs> i think i've reached this point people ask me how i'm doing during covid and i usually say everybody's healthy everybody's sane can't really ask for much more than that these days. And yeah. right, it just brings you back down to what's important. It's yeah. true. Everybody's yeah. suffering with something. And it's like, in, in retrospect, like, nobody has it worse than anyone else. Like, right. yes, if you really want to compare, maybe somebody that's unemotional, but who's to say my small problem isn't just as painful as your big problem? Like, yeah. it's all, you know, perspective. But... Um, I was there for the Bobby Brown one. That was that was amazing. And I will tell you something that you should try is because I have that problem where my mind goes. I think all one do go outside, whether yeah. it's warm or cold, and like just have a couple minutes. Crazy to to like look at trees, like look at the mm -hmm. earth, and just be like centered. I I I it's changed my life during COVID. I've been doing that a lot and it's been helping so, so much. And I've started meditating and that's helped a lot as well. And during the, the times when I like literally can't sleep, I have a, a thing that I do. I recite a list in my head that I memorized a long time ago. And that just, usually if I force myself to concentrate on that, it just tires me out enough that I can like go to sleep. But you're right. Nature is helpful and, and the meditation is helpful.
years ago, somebody told me that if, if you really can't get to sleep, you know, just get up, do other stuff, and eventually you just kind of, like, knock out anyway. It beats tossing and turning in your bed, so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. All right, you Claudia, the <laughs> there's that, too. Yeah. I mean, so I think that... Check in with Kate I in a couple think... episodes, see if she's sleeping better. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think, Vinny, I think you would look really nice with, like, a mask. With like the one I've spent that... all 2020 in a mask. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> with the pretty little long eyelashes on them. I love yeah. it. Those two. I mean, I've got a daughter and she's three, so she just, you know, she hands me things, I put them on. I don't say anything. I just mm -hmm. do it. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to do a shout out to Claudia. You were actually a speaker at this past year's Women Business Leaders Forum, so you went from an audience member to a speaker to the, you know, the stage this year, which was exciting for us. Thank you. Yeah, and anybody who wants to watch that, it's available on NJBIA's YouTube page, youtube.com slash NJBIA. There you go. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Claudia, is there anything coming up you'd like to promote? Uh, just my caregiver. So I have a caregiver support group, and it's every two weeks. And like I said, it's not for us to uh, talk about all the struggles that we go into uh, being a caregiver, but it's just a no judgment zone for every caregiver that's out there. And so if, if people would like to join, they can go on njelc.com and you'll get all the information. It's every two weeks on a Monday at 10 a.m. Cool. Awesome. And if people want to get a hold of you, take advantage of some of your services, how can they do that? Uh, again, they can either go on the website, they can call 973-228-1795. I'm on Instagram, all social media outlets, and uh, as, as, as uh, at Clelia. God, there's so many handles. I just can't. It's either Clelia Pergola. Just put in Clelia. Like I said, I'm like Madonna. You don't really need the last name. You're the only so. one. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll find me. Um, and as long as Fair I'm enough. a week, I'll answer you. All nice. right. Fabulous. Okay, I think that's our thank show. You thank you to that's our show? yeah, thank you. Thank you to our, our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comps, so check them out. And finally, a big thank you to Clelia Pergola of the New Jersey Elder Law Center for joining us today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. It was Absolutely. fun. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.